Hey, Cam. Oh, why? Hello, Jen. I, oh, I love it when you call me. Cam. I know you like that when I call you Cam. How's it going? Oh, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. How I, how I, psyched are you to talk to Coco Kleppinger today? Um, ridiculously yeah, psyched. Me She's too. amazing. I know. Casting directors are always like, I still get nervous talking to I casting do too. directors. It's, I, I think it's like a, you know, the actors in us are right. always like exactly. a little like, hi, <laughs> totally. <laughs> hi, me. How are you? <laughs> so while we're waiting for her to show up, tell me something. L.A. L.A. that you did this week. L.A. and cool. Yeah, L.A. and cool, because oh, you are um, very cool. Jen, I can answer that in a second. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I have probably 20 I, I knew you things would. off the top of my head. <laughs> but I'll just start with I went to a bar class. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's very L.A. People very usually, L.A. When I say I'm going to bar, they actually think a bar. Right. And I'm like, no. <laughs> bar class. I'm cooler than that. Right. <laughs> I'm going to a bar class. I go to L.A. Barbell on La Brea. Uh-huh. uh-huh with Marnie and I adore her uh-huh. and you walk out limping because it's I so walk hard out unable to move uh-huh. and then the next day I curse everyone uh-huh. and I'm like why did I do that why am I trying to stay in shape Yay, no. for bar. Yay. how old were you when you moved to LA 20 did you know anyone here no how much money did you have when you first came to LA I had a college fund, but it wasn't for personal use, so I was taken care of, but zero dollars. That makes sense. And where did you live when you got here? I lived in Westwood because it was by the school. And where was your, or what was your first job when you came to LA? Teaching. Teaching acting? No, my first job was teaching SAT prep. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, What was your initial impression of LA? Oh, terrifying (laughs) and exhausting. Uh How many years did it take you to get your first job in the industry? If you count theater, three months. Wow. How many years did it take you of living in L.A. until you felt like it was home? Seven months? Seven years. Years. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say seven months would be fast. And if you had to describe L.A. in one word, what would it be? Teenager. Teenager. (laughs) That is great. I know what you mean. That's so true. Kleppinger, casting associate at Rich D'Elia Casting, has worked on such feature films as It, To the Bone, The Disaster Artist, and Game Night, to name a few. We're so excited to be able to talk to Coco today. So yay! We're, we're so we're so I'm thrilled to be so talking excited. to you today, Coco. Yeah. Thank you so much for oh. being here. Um, this is going to be a great podcast. Yeah, this is really exciting. Yeah. Um, you started out as an actor, right? I did. I was yeah. an actress, mostly theater. I was a theater actor for 17 years from 13 to 30. Wow. And then it was at age 30 that you made the transition into casting? Yeah. Can I, you tell us about that? I found that 
I was going out for auditions and not dreading them or being afraid of them, but just feeling nothing for them, Mm -hmm. which really concerned me because I'm a very passionate person and I kind of thrive on passion. So a lack of it is alarming to me. (laughs) Um, And I, so I kind of gave myself the mental exercise just as actors do. Let me imagine I'm the queen of England. Let me imagine. And so I said, let me imagine that I'm offered the series lead in a pilot Mm -hmm. that's guaranteed to go. And I felt nothing. Wow. And I was terrified. I couldn't even look at the question again for another week. Of course. (sighs) And then I I gave it three or four months of of solid thought when I, I didn't go on any auditions during that time. And I spent a lot of time journaling and thinking and going on walks. And I just came to the conclusion that life is too short to, to be doing something that feels like a chore. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of beautiful actors whom I love who aren't getting opportunities. And if you don't love it, you should get out of the way for yourself so that you can find something that you can be happy doing. But also because there are a lot of people who are dying to do it mm-hmm. and they deserve a shot mm-hmm. and you're taking their spot kind of. So I kind of revisited what I could do and be useful to society. <laughs> and at first I think with a theater degree, you think nothing. I, I'm not good for anything. I just have a theater degree. But then I thought, no, I mean, there's a lot of jobs in the industry. Let me kind of look at the list and see. And I got to casting and I thought, that's probably a fun one. You get to work with actors, you get to read scripts. So I put together my first real world resume. <laughs> so I had waiting tables resumes and I'd yeah. had acting resumes and I'd never had to put together like a skills resume. And with the help of my sister. And then I sent it to a casting director that I'd auditioned for and felt comfortable with. It were very few film and television casting directors that I'd felt comfortable around. Mm-hmm. And so I sent one resume out to Rich D'Elia and said... Stop it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And said, look, I don't even know if this is formatted properly or if I have the skills, but can you just take a look and when you get a chance, tell me, no, it's formatted like this or you should probably learn how to do this and this and this if you want to get into casting because I feel like I would be good at it. And then I ignored it. I was like, well... We'll wait a while and see if I get more energy to send more (laughs) out. And a month later, he called me and said, we're working on a lot of projects right now, and I'm a little shorthanded. Do you want to come in and help out? Wow. And I was, like, over the moon, and I said, yes, of course. When? Tomorrow? I'll cancel all my things. And um, that was, I think, like a Tuesday, and I came in on a Friday and just kind of decided he was going to have to get rid of me with an axe if he wanted to get rid of me. And I loved it. And I dove in. And at first I was just, I was the reader for all the auditions and filing and typing things. And I'm pushy and I'm ambitious and I'm (laughs) passionate. And so 
I started demanding to do coverage of his scripts and I had big opinions on his scripts. And then I wanted to come up with ideas of actors that I thought, and my first couple lists were probably awful and way off base. And then, but he was so patient and so lovely. And he, he was such, he's such a good mentor and teacher. And so he kind of guided me through and then his, his assistant that he had at the time was was going somewhere else and I just kind of slipped in and oh my god that's such a great story I love there's so many reasons why I love that story I mean one of them is I think that LA is such a place where you can come with an idea of what your career is going to look like and the magic of LA is that it can take a completely different turn and satisfy you just as much yeah and you're using all of your skills as an actor. And my God, what a gift to have someone who is an actor, loves actors to be casting. Well, it's probably the purest acting I've ever done because the camera's not on you. Mm. You're reading with actors and your whole, the whole idea of all of the teachers I learned in school, Meisner and Hagen and all that stuff is is to eventually be able to put your attention on what the other person's doing. Sure. Right. And as a reader, that's all you get. Like, no one cares what you're doing. The attention's all on the the other person. So it's, I noticed an uptick in my acting, actually. And also seeing how the audition process worked, I wish every actor could be a reader. Yeah. At a casting office. Every actor should try. Yeah. I think that's a really, I just want to repeat what you just said, because mm-hmm. if any actor that's listening, and I learned that pretty pretty yeah. quickly into my career where I got an opportunity to be a reader, if you get a chance to be a reader, be a reader. <laughs> because sometimes people, I think, find it offensive, like, oh, I, it's beneath me somehow or something, like they want me to work and I'm an actor, but it's so valuable. You know, what you learn sitting in that room, seeing what actors do, what they don't do, what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. And seeing how it's just auditioning is a chance to act for 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Right. And if you build it up to be this monster that's haunting you or a job interview, then you're not you're not treating yourself like the artist you should be treating yourself mm-hmm. like. If you if you think of it as a business in that moment mm-hmm. in that room, you're doing yourself a disservice. But if you as a reader, you can kind of see that it's it should be a place to to play, mm-hmm. and you should be able to walk in and take your time, and 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 have fun if you yeah. can. How, That's great. How would you? What tip would you give to someone to come into the room and play? Because I think so many actors have the intention to do that, and then get there and they're in the waiting room. You know, there's the the ten other actors that have been called in for the role that are all prettier. They're all prettier, <laughs> right? They're all exactly. That's so true. Yeah. They're so much prettier and better than I am. You know, and, and then more calm and, and cooler more calm, and, and, and they yeah. have their they remembered their earbuds and they're like listening <laughs> right. to their music. And right. well, I kind of have to approach it from casting and then from an actor standpoint because as casting at at Rich's office. We set up your time for your time. So if you come into our office, you might see one other actor. Oh, oh my God. God. But you, you might not see another actor. 
The kids have it a little harder. Um, Yeah, but they're not doing that probably right they're not comparing they're, yeah, themselves to not, no yeah and and like they that. don't they don't think of their time as as precious right in, in the sense that like if i if i set an appointment for an adult at 250 they they're very aware that they have two ten ten 10 minutes and then they have to go and they're very kind of weirdly precious about that time like why 250 why not 245 why not 230 you know <laughs> whereas kids you can set them up for 255 and they'll be like cool i got an audition you know yeah oh that's cute but so i would say that our office is set up to be very actor friendly in that way but as far as what i know now if i could talk to myself being mm-hmm. an actor it would be that you can't take the waiting room part as seriously as a lot of people do. A lot of people come in like it's a battle mm-hmm. and they bring their earplugs pl- because that's part of their armor. Mm-hmm. They got to keep these people out, but it's everyone there is just as nervous as you are. And mm. if you can identify really, if you can identify physically where you feel nervous, everyone feels it physically differently. Some people it's their chest. Some people it's like the back of their neck and if you can kind of put your hand to acknowledge that part, put your hand on your chest, put your hand on your forehead, put your hands together and look at them if your hands shake mm-hmm. and kind of just have a little chat with yourself and say, all right, I'm nervous. This is where the nerves are. It's okay. But it's not the calamity I'm I'm thinking it is. Yeah. It's just going in and, and playing pretend. Yeah. And we should all be so lucky to be able to play pretend for 10 minutes of our day. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I, I, I love hearing you talk about kids too. And I know you, you, you cast a lot of projects with kids. Is that yeah, right? And I yeah. love working yeah. with the kids. I'd love to hear about that. Um, maybe from a standpoint too, of like, you know, as a mom myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping our kids safe and mm-hmm. trying to help our, guide our kids on the right path. And I mean, if if some mom was talking to you and saying, "I'm interested in getting my kid into acting," um, what would be what would be some things you might say? Like, well, first, make sure you know. Well, I would say you want to protect your kid physically mm-hmm. as a parent, mm-hmm. and that's all the guidelines you hear. I mean, there's always there always should be two people in a room with a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, if it's dark and in an alley, probably that's not a good place to audition your kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of, I think every parent has those instincts where it's like, this feels sketchy. I don't want my kid here. Mm-hmm. And you should listen to those. Your kid doesn't have to go to every audition. And I mean, obviously, the faster your kid can join SAG, the better, because that's a lot of protection. Oh, that's, that's a good tip. Yeah. Because of, I know a little bit like a teacher and hours of the day. So what are the, how does that? Um, well, I mean, for the purposes of them going on auditions, Mm -hmm. they're going to be going to reputable places because SAG films don't just give out auditions, you know? Right. But then you know that your kid's going to have a tutor or something on set they're going to have someone making sure that they're okay on set they get breaks Mm -hmm. so that's obviously great and if that 
can't happen right away because often you can't just join SAG tomorrow, then parents shouldn't be afraid to insist that they are going to be on set and that they're going to be looking out for their kids. Mm-hmm. And if a place is reputable or a film's reputable, they'll take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. But I think every parent knows that, that instinct to physically take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. Then there's the emotional counterpoint. And I think a lot of parents miss that because it's, so as a parent, did you ever hear that thing about if your kid falls down, you're better off saying, oh, you fell down and yeah. kind of moving on? Blessing of a skin knee. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to saying, oh my God, are yeah, you okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, because then they cry <laughs> and they're terrified. Yeah. You have to treat your kids' auditions the same way. Yeah. If you treat them as precious, if you say, oh my God, we have a big audition today. Yeah, you can make so much money. You look so excited. Or, <laughs> yeah. or oh, even... Like taking the money, because a lot of parents are awful about the money part, and then the kid feels like a breadwinner, which they shouldn't. But also, even if you just try to make your kid excited, your kid's already excited. You don't have to do anything. You should treat it like it is a job for them. So that when they come out and they feel like they did a bad job, they're not in tears. It's like, cool, you did a bad job today, but we're going to have another audition. Yeah. We're going to go about our lives. And yeah. when I was 13, I got my first 14. Oh, yeah, I, you were a child actor, yeah, so was, you can really speak to this. When I was 14, I got my first agent, and he was amazing. I loved Aww. him. But the first thing he said to me was, I'm going to send you out on 100 auditions. You're not going to book a single one. Oh, wow. And I was so grateful How for that. wonderful. Yeah. That is such yeah. a wonderful because thing. Because then I had the freedom to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd go in, and I'd mess around on an audition thinking like, doesn't matter. Well, it'd be fun to do the scene this way. I don't know if it's right or not, but, and kids more than adults should be playing in their auditions mm-hmm. because if you lose so many films, want a quote unquote real kid. They don't want the polished. Mm-hmm. We had a director once who the kids came in and were very polite. Hello, sir. How are you? And he said, I hate that. They don't feel like kids anymore. They feel like little bankers. Mm-hmm. And it's true. A lot of people want that raw thing that kids have if you just leave them alone. Yeah. They and want s- kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so as a parent, I would say the more you can treat it like we're doing this right now. And then when we're done, we're going to go play catch in the backyard or we're going to because even for adult actors, I say, schedule something fun after your auditions. We've heard that from... Yeah. I love that. I, yeah. I love that. We heard that from an actor. But who said that? Somebody said that. Um, Rosemary, maybe. No, Somebody. it was no. uh, 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 Johnny Sullivan. Oh, yeah. To yeah. schedule something fun after. That's so good. I well, wish somebody actually, had told no, me that. Actually, no, it was probably Rosemary. I Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah. No, someone said that to me once. Actually, someone said both maybe of those Maybe you said it. Maybe, maybe it was me, but they said, do something fun. And then someone else said, write down on a board every time you have an audition so that after a hundred, you'll see it a change. Don't expect anything to happen with the first hundred. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a cool, like it's what yours. I mean, he said it in a much better kind of way, but what a great, what great feedback to get. Yeah. But I mean, you can't. If you treat everything like a trial and error situation, 
first of all, you're going to be too scared to learn from it. Mm-hmm. And art is something that doesn't learn if you push it. Right. Art's something that you learn when you are given time to play and imagine and daydream and all that fun stuff. And what I do see is parents taking that do something fun after the audition and kind of amplifying it. So it's like after every audition, you get your kids ice cream, which is not healthy for them. <laughs> or they get a toy or they get, you know, and yeah, that's not healthy. That's but if you much. can if you can think of something, a fun, mostly a fun activity where you're just spending time with them, yeah. it allows them to decompress. Yeah. Do you find that there's that's a so certain age range of when they start feeling aware of themselves in the room? It's different. It just depends on the kid. It depends on the kid. We have, we've seen some, generally, oh, that's not true. Generally, it's around 10. But I've seen some 15-year-olds who are still playing and aren't really, I've seen some Wait, 10 is where it switches, you're saying? Sort of. Yeah. I would say if we see a kid who's under 10, they're still not really aware they're in an audition. Yeah. Yeah. They, they came into play. You know, it's so funny you say that because I have a 10-year-old and I, it's just this year that I just feel like she's aware of kind of everything around mm-hmm. her and more self-conscious and more, I do think that's the age where it happens for all of us probably. But I think it, it does depend on the parent too, because yeah. if the parent is making their time in front of the camera kind of a precious time, then you're going to get a brat, honestly. For sure. I mean, you can't. If your kid says something funny and everyone laughs, the kid's going to say something else because they think, oh, if I say something, people <laughs> laugh at me. It's great. Yeah. And then you get kids who who push. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's uh, kind of scary what you see in yeah. that world. Yeah. But also, we've been so lucky. The, the films we've worked on with that are kid-heavy, and it's mm-hmm. been a lot of them, we've been just blessed to have great well-adjusted kids who are fine being a person as mm-hmm. well as an actor and parents who come in and give us hugs and are super Aww. sweet and lovely and well it we... sounds like you cultivate that in your office yeah really. it sounds like that's I, I think it's really fun to hear how people meet each other and connect because it really sounds like you brought you are very much like how that office was already being run is very much reflective in who you are so it would make sense to me that a lot of the people that are coming in you're bringing in that energy to the office we do try we really do try um but i think for any actor of any age if someone's not providing that for you you have to find the strength in the moment to provide that for yourself Mm-hmm. So if they're trying to rush you, don't be rushed. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't take 300 hours, but if your slot is a 10-minute slot, take your time. If they gave you 10 pages, then there's no way they, they gave you a five-minute. Mm-hmm. You know, you have time. And yeah, I think actors of all ages are happy to come into our office because we provide that for them, but they have to remember that when they go out into the world and maybe it's an office that doesn't provide that for them and they don't feel comfortable and they have to find a way to create that for themselves. And part of it is 
taking your time and taking your space and saying, no, I'm, I'm here to play. Mm-hmm. Well, you said something when we were talking before about how you are the expert of yourself. Yeah. Just like you're the expert of your business. And we've heard that in different mm-hmm. variations, I think, at this point. And I, mm-hmm. I can't hear it enough. Like, I just want to keep hearing it over and over again because it's so true. You know, when you start learning that, and it can be difficult for any actor, I mean, or any person, really. But when you start really allowing yourself to know that you truly are who you are, you are the best that you can be because there is no other you out there. It gives you almost the right to walk in there and say, no, I, I own this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I get, I get to show them who I am in this role. Yeah. You know? And that's all you can do because if you try to be Sandra Bullock in the role, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to think something's way off because mm-hmm. you'll look so uncomfortable and, and they'll think there's something about it that's kind of like Sandra. We should hire Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and then you're out anyway. That's so funny. So you might as well, I mean, take the the scene and and really put yourself in that situation and mm-hmm. I use the the phrase I love you. People everyone says I love you differently and if you start clocking how you say I love you to the people in your life, you say it differently to your mom, to your best friend, to your lover, to your cat, you say, you say it differently. And then if you clock how your brother or sister says, I love you to your mom, you'll see that it's different. And how your friends are with their boyfriends or girlfriends, it's, it's different. And we're all conscious of the fact that that's different, but we can't give ourselves the space to put that into an audition and say, well, it's a love scene. And so we all kind of do it the way we've seen love scenes done. Mm -hmm. But we don't think like, well, but this is how I feel about love. And this is how I feel about. Yeah. This is my love scene. Yeah. This is what I would do in this love scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's such a, a relief to hear. Me too. And I think of all those years I tried so hard to be somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Same. God, it's, if only I Well, it had, does feel yeah. like a lot of pressure, though, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like, you get this script. You don't have – I mean, it depends on what project it is. But sometimes mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of time, and it's like, what do they want to see? And you don't have a lot of right. information sometimes. You know? Well, and you assume that they want to see somebody that's not you. Yeah. <laughs> so then you try and, to be somebody and, that's not you. I'd love to ask you about unsolicited uh, material, mm-hmm. like when you get either headshots or when you get – I'm sure when you're casting a movie, you get, um, like people putting scenes on tape. That's a big thing right now. Um, you know, people wanting to maybe have a general meeting. How do you, A, how how do you and or your office feel about that? And B, would you advise actors to do that, not to do that? What's the sort of feeling? I, I'll answer it in parts, but okay. uh, our office does generals when we can. Yeah. We're often very busy. Sure. We're, we're seeing auditions all day. Yeah. And so it's hard, but we are pretty conscious of trying to take time for that. I hate generals myself yeah. because you could be the nicest person in the world. And if I can't see you act, I don't know what to do What's with you. What's the point, right? If I can fall in love with you as an artist, I am a fan for life. I will, I will spend my time trying to get you into something 
but just talking to you about the weather and how you got to LA and stuff, I that'll make me love you as a friend. Yeah. But there's a lot of friends I have who are not actors and I won't necessarily see you as one. Um, as far as sending things to the office, um, it's hit or miss. Yeah. I generally don't respond to anything that I feel is... And I think you have to think of casting as people. Mm -hmm. I don't respond to anything where I feel like it's a mass mailing. Mm -hmm. Because it makes me feel like I'm... It's impersonal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just one stop of your day. icky a little? Yeah. 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 Because you know when a friend sends you a blast of some kind, you think... What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. This isn't to me. Yeah. This is to the universe and I yeah. happen to be there. Yeah. So we get postcards saying I'm in the show and stuff and I probably should be more patient and better with it, but I don't read them. Yeah. Because it looks to me like they don't care who I am or why I should like I them. I really appreciate your saying that. I appreciate your honesty in this because... Cause... I think that's going to be helpful to people. Whereas maybe if you get something more personal or no, you tell us that. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently when I was acting yeah. and I came in for rich, mm. I, I mean, Wyoming's a beautiful place and I am lucky to come from such a beautiful place. And so, and he was so kind to me and you don't experience that a lot. And so I don't know why, but I felt the need to, I have a set of postcards that have pictures of Wyoming on them. And so I would write him long, tinily written Aww. letters saying, thank you so much for being so kind to me for taking time. I just wanted to show you a little piece of Wyoming. This mountain is Amazing. blah, blah, blah. And he said he kept them. So I think that's valuable. I mean, sending just a note saying, like I keep all the notes where it says... I just want you to know that I love this part of this movie and it meant a lot to me as an artist. Thank you so much for what you do. Wow. Then I'm interested because then I think you're paying attention. Cool. That you care I that I that. am a person and that you have something to say about art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 nice to hear that because I think uh, it's so easy to get bogged down in all the to-do lists that you're given as an actor. And it's expensive. It's expensive, and especially in L.A., because it's so big, and you get here, and, and you hear so many things, like, you got to do your postcards, you got to do yeah. this, you got well, what if that doesn't work for me? No. Like, that was always challenging for me, because I'm much more of a personal person, too, and I was like, ugh. But it's nice to know that, one, you read them. Yeah. That when someone says something personal and is, you know, if there's a handwriting on it, I yeah, will read it. There you go. I mean, yeah. that's nice to know because I think that touches artists. Um, I think that's how artists connect more. Yeah. So I think that'll be nice for people to hear. I think that's probably how most human beings connect they probably. More. I mean, I think that's I don't probably know. true. And I really every like Twitter line of I... business. I know. Camille loves <laughs> Twitter like really and Instagram. Important. No, it's it's challenging, it's challenging for all of us yeah. that like to connect on a personal level to be as you say, like reaching out to the masses. But there's a famous saying that says, no one cares what you know until they know what you care about. Mm. And it's true. No one, if you told me... No one cares what you know until they know what you care about. I've never heard that. That's amazing. So you could, I mean, you could list me your resume and all the beautiful places you went to school and all the teachers you had and 
all the plays you did, you could list it all out for me. And I'd, I'd nod and I'd say, okay, the same way you would if I list it all. But it's when someone says, I went to this really beautiful program. And what was great about it is they kind of made you go out for things yourself and they would offer classes, but you didn't have to take them. So you really had to like, then I'm interested. Yeah, sure. I'm hooked. Yeah. And the same, we all got into this because we like watching plays and TV and movies. And I can learn a lot about an artist by them saying this was, (laughs) even if someone sent me a letter, this is just me, by the way, this is not all casting. So you should take this with a grain of salt. (laughs) But if someone sent me a letter and said, this is my favorite film of the year and this is why. And even if it wasn't something we cast, I'd, I'd think, oh, interesting. Either I should check that film out or, but I remember that person because they were passionate. Yeah. So when we get, I get emails sometimes from actors saying, here are, here's the update for me. I'm in this show and I'm doing this. And if it's a list, I think, all right, cool. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Seem to be doing fine. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you need me? Yeah. (laughs) But when they say, listen, I was in this independent film and it's a short and it's, it was made for $10, but I really love the character because it did this and this and this for me as an artist. And here's a link to it. I'll watch it. Wow. I'll take my lunch break and watch just tapes after tapes because it's, I love it. I got into it because I love movies and, and watching performances. So if there's a lot of crap out there. But you know what you're saying too, through all this is know yourself, know your voice, you know, know how you, you know, because you know, just sitting here with you, clearly you very much know who you are, you know, and I can see the letters that you wrote to Rich. I can see them, (laughs) you know, I can see that. And, and I think that goes back to what we say over and over and over again, be your authentic self because that no one can replace that. And that, Mm -hmm. that includes like writing, you know, I'm a flowery letter writer, you know, Mm -hmm. like that includes that. Like if that's Mm -hmm. who you are, if that's the movie you like, what I'm hearing from you is, you know, it's it's knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And then for parents to know your kids, mm-hmm. you got to know when your kid's tired and doesn't want to do this anymore or you're going to damage your kid. You have to. And that's why when I say do something with them after the audition and I mean do something personal where you're hanging out and talking and I don't know if they're young, you're building things with Legos and if they're older then you're. I don't know, walking around. I don't have children. So <laughs> You're playing catch with them or something like that. Because it gives you a chance to check in with your child and make sure that they had fun without mm-hmm. asking them, did you have fun? Because yeah. of course they're going to say yes. They want to please you. They know you drove from work to pick them up at school to go to the audition and it's gas. They are aware of that. Yeah. But to say... What did you like about it? Did you learn anything? Yeah. What was the other person like? Because the sooner you can instill in children to notice the other people in the room, the better actor they'll be. Because a lot of times, I mean, how many auditions have we all gone to where we walk out and we couldn't tell you the color hair oh of anyone God. in the room? I know. Yeah. It just was a you're blur. so out of body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How It happened to me so many times. Me too. Yeah. And the, the younger kids... The sooner you can instill, like, 
notice what the people look like. Yeah. Say hi. Yeah. Treat them like people. Then then they're going to be better off healthy kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also better actors. Do you find that the kids that you see a lot, that they're the ones who've gone to their parents and said, I want to do this? Or do you think it's more a lot of times parents who are like, I want my kid to do this? Or do you find a combo? We rarely see kids who've been pushed into it. And we can spot them a mile away. Mm -hmm. They come in and everyone feels uncomfortable right away. Because kids are terrible at hiding their feelings, which is beautiful. But... When they're with mom, they're they're being good and they're they're going over their lines in the waiting room or whatever they're doing. And the second you close that audition room and say, "Hey, how's it going?" They everything tenses up, and you think you're too young for that. Mm-hmm. You should be outside playing. Yeah. And as a parent, you have to monitor when your kid is crossing that line into being a professional rather than being a kid. And then you got to take them out for a bit, even if it's like a week. Mm-hmm. And just make them do kid stuff because if they forget how to be a kid, then they're no use to us anyway. Because if we're casting them, we want a kid. Right. We don't want a 40-year-old in a kid's body. Maybe summer camp is a good idea for kid actors, summer camp right? Is, summer camp's like great. something yeah. where they get to like, yeah. And well, especially some kind of, if they want it and they're passionate about it, some kind of performing arts camp where they also yeah, ride sure. horses or they also paint. Yeah. Or, or canoe or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, this has been so incredibly helpful. Um, I, jo- I jotted down things I feel like I've learned. Today. <laughs> I was wondering what you um, were writing over there. I'd love to, I'd love to like a little bit review. I would love to hear your review. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you say too, what, I mean, what, what have we learned? What have we learned? Um, so much, but I want to hear what you um, down. Well, I love that you said about parents to trust their instincts and like, if you feel like, it's a, you know, uh, not safe situation. Trust your instincts as parents. I love that. And I can't emphasize enough. If you're an adult actor, you're a person first. You're an actor yeah. second. I don't care how passionate mm. you think you are about the craft. Mm, that's awesome. You're yeah. a person first. And if you're in a situation where someone's hurting your feelings, yelling at you or something, you don't have to be professional and take that. You Oh, it's you great. take care of yourself. And yeah. if you're a parent, you're a parent first and they're a kid first. That's it. And then if it comes into you being a manager second or them being an actor second, great. But you always have to be able to throw that away. It's the same way parents think about, I hear my sisters have kids, but you hear about all the material goods you have kind of lose value when you have your first kid because it's like that beautiful rug or whatever that I I spent so much money on it really like worked in this room (laughs) and now it's got throw up on it and the kids have colored on it. But you don't care. Your kids are healthy. They're happy. And so you have to be a parent first and you have to have kids who are kids first. And you have to be willing to say, we're getting out of the business if – it's not working for the family. Yeah. Yeah. And for my kid. Yeah. I love it. Um, I loved how you said give yourself time in auditions. Like take your time. It's your time. Um, I love what you said about like art taking needing space to grow. Yeah. I love that quote of um, yeah. you don't know until you know what they 
No one cares. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is No one cares what you know until they, until they know how much you care. Or they know, no, they know what you care, care about. about. Yeah. Right. No one. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to write that down. Um, and my favorite thing I think of all, just in terms of a tip, like a really helpful tip as an actor that I wish I had known, um, not just from a gimmicky way, but from being true to yourself way, is if you're going to reach out to a casting director or a agent, I think it would be true too. I know you're saying this is for you, but I, I'm sure this is true for everybody. Make it a personal reach out. Don't do these like, mass because it does it feels I think that's so especially in this day and age where everything is mass reach outs you know everything is my husband always makes fun of me I I I don't have a personal Facebook account but part of the reason that I um I I was on for like a day and then I went off but oh well thanks but um (laughs) and when I was on it was it was more like two weeks but it happened to be one on my birthday and I didn't really like that I got like 150, you know, happy birthday. Um, and he was like, why don't you like that? And I'm like, because they didn't, nobody really remembered my birthday. No. They just, it pops up on Facebook and they, so I think it's kind of the same thing with what you're saying. Like it doesn't, if it doesn't feel like it's really coming from somebody's heart and soul, like it doesn't mean as much. I don't know. I don't mean to offend anybody listening that loves to get well wishes on their birthday, which by the way, my (laughs) husband does. He doesn't care that it's like, he's like 150 people wish me a happy birthday today. Um, But I don't know. Anyway, that's just, I think what you're talking about, that's how it, that's how that felt to me is how that feels to you. And I love that idea of let's like really try to connect. Let's really try to, you know, reach each other as human beings. I think that's a really cool I also learned Mm. that you guys really do read your mail and you hear it when you get Mm -hmm. stuff from actors you you are paying attention and it and they're not some sort of void Mm -hmm. actors are not just in the nether they're like no the ether take that back (laughs) (laughs) they're they're yeah anyways you got my point but also we're not okay casting's not a machine right so when we get five pieces of mail, I get excited. Yeah. And then when I see that they're all very impersonal postcards saying, I'm on whatever show tonight, I get let down and kind of hurt. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because it's like, oh, you didn't mean to write to me. It's the same when you go to the mailbox and you're like... I got a a postcard and then it's like from your oil change company. It's like a realtor. Yeah. Yeah. So I you, love that. Actors just have to remember that agents and casting are people too, and they yeah. have the same wants and hopes and dreams that you guys do. Yeah. And we have, we have this one client, you know who you are if you're listening, who she makes like these handmade um, little note cards that she writes as thank you notes, and um, she like designs them herself and puts these like cute little dresses on them, <laughs> like on little person on the cover. And I think like that kind of stuff probably would stand out more because it's and you never know who you're dealing with yeah right it feels feels good good. yeah you never know who you're dealing with because if that client sends something to me my mom makes greeting cards in her spirit like for fun yeah and so it would touch a part of me Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even realize you were doing right yeah i love that and it turns out when i was sending those postcards to rich He'd never been to Wyoming and he'd always wanted to go. And so I was giving him little glimpses of what my home state would look like. Which is also giving him glimpses of you. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's who the you are really yeah. to thine own self be that's true right. yeah we always like to wrap up with a um what we call an laism <laughs> not to put you on the spot <laughs> no that's okay especially for somebody from wyoming like is there or i mean i and i say from wyoming like someplace that's very different than LA. yeah that's why i'm saying from wyoming I, like i'm also moon. from somewhere very different <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> totally. um but is there anything that you've noticed um uh you know, that's unique to LA, um, that you don't see other places. When I say LA as a teenager, I love that about LA because Mm -hmm. it has this energy and hope that I have not experienced anywhere else. Mm. Everyone here has come here who, who doesn't live, wasn't from here, Mm -hmm. has come here because they're dreamers. They had a dream and whatever mm-hmm. it is, they wanted to follow it. And it's not an easy, no city is an easy place to live, but they got here and they, they wouldn't have made it if they hadn't had such big hopes and dreams. And you can feel that I think in the air when you're walking around, it's still bratty and <laughs> annoying and it throws tantrums at you sometimes. Like and, then, yeah. and then you're in traffic for two hours and you yeah. just want to ground it and send it to its room. But <laughs> but teenagers have these bursts of light yeah. about them where all of a sudden they are the most beautiful things you've ever seen because they have so much hope and energy and they're so sure that the world was made just for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And LA feels like a city that assumes that the world created LA first and then the rest of the world so that we could have something to watch on television, <laughs> which is obnoxious yeah. and beautiful and, and so yeah. honest. Yeah. No, you're so right. God, that's what so a true. Great description of I know. LA. That's yeah. so true. It does feel like that. All those things. Yeah. Bratty. Putting, sending it to its room. And you yeah. go to your room now, LA. Shallow sometimes yeah. and, and kind of pimply. And ex- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obsessed with itself. Obsessed with itself. Yeah. But like really like cool. But and every so often, too. yeah, you see yeah. you see a cool and idea fresh. bottle yeah. up it's and fresh. Yeah. It's very fresh. Yeah, it is. It's like and that. trying new things all the time. Like you know how teenagers like they change every six months. Oh, yeah. Like now they're like you know, yeah. very... now Silver Lake is yeah. the place. Yeah, to let, you know? exactly. But I like think LA is always changing. There's <laughs> everyone so in LA seems to be people give LA a lot of grief, saying that people in LA are obsessed with being young. But I think part of that is the energy. Yeah, you want to be part of that energy, mm-hmm. and you want to be still dreaming, and you you don't want to be in a place where you can't quit your accounting job to join the circus. Yeah, you know? and sure. It's not responsible, but it's not sane. <laughs> it's not at all. But it's... And it's risk-taking. It is risk-taking. But <laughs> in the end, you get a, a little section that's very sad and lost. Yeah. And then you get all of this beautiful, weird art. Yeah. And hope that comes yeah. and... Oh my God, it's my favorite description ever. It's like a teenager. But it yeah. took me, it really, yeah, is. It really, is. really, for seven years, I was stumbling around LA, terrified. And me too. Yeah. I mean, there are yeah. 500,000 people in the state of Wyoming. So yeah. in Westwood, there were no, more people than too. my state. Yeah. I was stumbling around judging it. And yeah. then I kind of fell in love me with too. it. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Me too. 
I had to keep it at a, at a distance a yeah. little bit to protect myself and yeah. and not get hurt. And you kind of just got to lean in. Yeah. yeah. Just got to go for it here. Yeah. Coco, thank you so much. Yes. This is this has been thank you. so been fantastic. Yeah, you uh this is amazing. You gave us so much helpful stuff today. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. this is what you're doing is so smart because if you're passionate, you should find other passionate people and then you create something cool with it. I love it. I love that. I love that. What a great note Let's to end on. That. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA the podcast. We know you have big actor dreams and we really want to help you. For more insider tips on the LA film and TV industry, go to ispeakla.com and subscribe today. And of course, look for us at all the regular places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time. 